3: Welcome and thank you so much for joining us here on this little Friday. It is November 19th. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. We have a great packed show for you. Two awesome interviews touching on some pretty important topics. So I don't want to take up too much of your time here This uh, in the, the top of the show. But all I have to say is I hope you are not drowning yourself in American media right now. It's so, so, so bad. Uh, all the uh, the you know conversation, the discussion that's happening, all of it is racist. It's hatred. It's I hate to sound like such a negative Nancy, but I couldn't even listen to NPR. It was like they did a segment on the uh, dip or decline in tourism uh, going to to Paris right now and how there was a guy from some like third party airline company uh, that was talking about the small dip, but that it should go back up because, you know, when there is a terrorist attack, things like this happen. How's this freaking news? Gosh, makes me just so Well, I'm so happy that we have Progressive Voices Network here. Let's get our program started. Today's show is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. Our next guest is the subject of a film called Oriented. It's directed by Jake Witzenfeld, and the film follows lives of a uh, gay Palestinians who live and work in Tel Aviv. Sounds rather complex, I feel. I mean, ah, d- to be gay, to be Palestinian, and to live in Tel Aviv—is it possible? Well, let's find out. Cater Abu Saif, welcome to the show. I think I totally slaughtered your name. You're going to have to tell me again.
2: <laughs> you totally slaughtered it. Uh, it's
3: Kader. Kader. Uh, yeah. Kader. And then it's, it's is it safe? Yeah, it's like safe
2: like yeah. Yeah, it's like okay. Safe in English. Yeah. Great.
3: Well, I love your name and uh if you saw my last name, you'd run screaming.
2: <laughs> it's like meow.
3: isn't it? Well, well, is my middle name actually, but my my legal last name it's like eleven letters long, and people, I mean, you know. Uh-huh. But um, but we're here to talk about you. So you know, I mentioned earlier to be gay, Palestinian, and living and working in Tel Aviv. Uh, it sounds yeah. complex. I think that that's the right word to describe it, right?
2: It, it, it definitely complex, but it, this is like our reality. It's like uh, this is the place that we're born in, and this is like we we define our, ourselves by our ancestors. We define ourselves by our family, and my grand my grandfather and mother they were born in Palestina before even Israel was existed. So I define myself as uh, as my family does, and I am for sure 100% Palestinian. The fact that I'm living, I'm not really living in Tel Aviv. I'm living in Jaffa. It's like part of it's a part of Tel Aviv. Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, well, and the fact that I'm Arab and I'm gay, it's kind of like complex everything and mix it together to one awkward, uh, uh, living in the state.
3: Now it, you know, I, I can't help but sense a feeling of, um, while watching the trailer for Oriented feeling like you may, uh, have to, actively and constantly claim your identity no matter what because it, it 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 seems like almost like um you might not you might not belong i mean to be arab to be gay to be you know a uh, palestinian and yeah, and, and, it, and all that it, it,
2: it's it's not like you're not belong it, it's more like you're you're kind of looking for a way to to define yourself in front of, of your society. From one side, you're fighting over your sexuality in front of the Palestinian side. And from the other side, you're fighting uh, uh, to, to, to define your, your nationality um, in, in, in front of the Israeli side. And, and it's, like, it's not that I'm confused or I don't know w- what I am. I am 100% mm-hmm. sure what I am. The problem is that everybody else is so afraid from the definition, from that definition.
3: Right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I wanted to talk about your story. I mean, your parents, um, born or from Armenia, immigrated to to Israel. I mean, what's your journey? Because I know that today you have a partner who is Jewish.
2: I I, I, I understand that you watched only the trailer.
3: Uh Uh-huh.
2: I'm... we are not together
3: anymore. But, oh, got uh... it. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I only had access to the trailer. I wish I could see the whole thing, and I'll ask you later yeah, how we can. Um,
2: it's fine. It's fine. Um, We're still good friends, but it it, it it is complicated. You know, it's I can I I know I, it, it, nothing is really like simple in this place, but uh, but this one, I think that our love, our our relationship was kind of like. It was complex, but it was beautiful and simple. And and I think that my my parents know that I'm gay before even I was like. I think I, I went out from the closet when I was uh, 15, so um, they already know. But uh, um, with David, they didn't have any any problem. He mm-hmm. he's super cute and amazing. And uh,
3: so you and you know perfect. you you brought that up also um, that uh, your parents knew. Uh, before you, you said that you're gay, and also that they're accepting. And you, you know, when we read yeah. stories, um, as far as like, you know, gay Muslims, it's almost impossible to be gay and Muslim because of the treatment, the fear, the no, the that legal is, protections.
2: That is, that is uh, such a wrong, like, it's it's it, it's not the reality. Mm-hmm. It's just what the media wanna wanna hear. It's like, uh, you know, uh, like. Uh, three years ago, I, I, I had this conversation from this BBC guy, and he, he called me, he was like, um, can you, like, uh, uh, we want to interview, can you tell us your story, we want to wanna hear what happened with you, That uh, how did your parents accept you, and I was like, oh, they were really happy to, uh, like, they, they didn't get upset or, like, try to kill me, or try to, to, I don't know what to do with me, and he was like, oh, so... Do you have another Palestinian, maybe, that we would like to interview? So <laughs> I think this is the perfect. I mean, no, this is the perfect example of how and how the media like to take uh, uh, the uh, the Muslim Arab world and 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 make it like an extremist world that you cannot be uh, uh, um, gay in it or lesbian in it. Yes, it's difficult in in mo- most of the parts, but in the big cities. You cannot like look at all the Arab city, at all the Muslim cities as one country. You know, in Turkey, in Turkey, it's a gay, it's a Muslim, it's a Muslim country, and there is a gay parade there. In Beirut, there is a gay scene. In Amman, there is a gay scene. Jordan and, and, and Lebanon, we are talking here. But usually, people look at the at Iran and at uh, at uh, 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 Saudi Arabia as the places, and they say they call it the Muslim countries. It's not the Muslim countries in any way. And 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 we have gay scenes. We have gay scenes in Ramallah. We have gay themes in 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 uh, in Beirut. We have gay scenes in Amman. Maybe it's not huge and uh, and and successful and being like in Tel Aviv, but uh, but it, it's happening. It's Totally happening. So mm-hmm. uh, so and and you cannot look at at the whole Muslim society as a conservative and and uh, um, orthodox uh, um um like community or, or like, uh, population, because they are not. We are different. There is people that don't believe in God, even though that they call themselves Muslim inside of Islam. And it's like it. it we are not of the same. But, yeah, but I can, a lot of time when I say it to, to reporters or, uh, or people that interview me, when I say, if I will go now to some parts in America and I will direct the camera on this part, like, in the south, and, mm-hmm. and, and I will start to ask people, like, how they will, will be with gays and how will they react if some gay will pass, pass from their street or, or live in their neighborhood, they will freak out. But what the, what the Western like, like to do and Israel is to put the light on the Arabs and the Muslims and say, oh, we have a monopol on, uh, monopoly on, on like uh, liberalism and openness. And we are the only places that you can be gay in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on.
3: Mm-hmm. Michelle Miao, we're speaking with Kader Abusef, who is who uh, is who has a film out called Oriented, and it's directed by Jake Witzenfeld. And the film follows uh, Khadr and his three friends who are gay Palestinians that live and work in Tel Aviv. Let's talk about you know Israeli LGBTQI people and their relationship to gay Palestinians living in in Tel Aviv or in uh, you know Israel. Um you, or what do you what do you think? Like do you ever do, have you ever experienced you know uh, the even the LGBTQ community there? Of course. And of course. And, and, yeah, and their political yeah. values and views?
2: Of course. <laughs> I think that in in the '90s, the LGBTQ, uh, the Israeli LGBTQ, were were really aware to the Palestinian side, and they are really aware not just for the LGBTQ and the Palestinian side, for the Palestinian ta- uh, side in general. And I think that today we got more and more uh, uh, right wing party uh, LGBT like LGBTQs voting for Bibi and for uh, like extreme uh, uh, right wing parties. And, and you can you can you can see it like it's kind of like you know i I, I don't know what's the perfect example, but it's like a, if I will describe it in American way, so it's gonna be like republican gays. I don't believe in this thing <laughs> seriously
3: mm-hmm. how
2: it, how it could exist and and it's it's like foolish and and in those days in these days we have a lot of radical uh, right right party wing, uh, gays in in, in Israel they, they don't connect with the with Arab people, they don't want to date, they don't want to uh, hang around with, and, and and this is something that could totally happen, and, and they would tell you, oh, you're an Arab, you're a Muslim, I will not date you. And this is like, okay, if you don't want to date me, so don't. Oh,
3: that's got to be so hard. I mean, uh, obviously hurtful. and. Uh, it is,
2: it's, it's not hurtful because, because there is, like, a generation of powerful Palestinian guys and we don't need uh, people that will not like us or don't want to be with us we can manage ourselves by our own this is like I'm trying to say it all the time oriented it's not a movie and the first time it's not a movie that shows the Arab gay guys as a as a victims mm-hmm. this is the first movie that shows the Arab gay guys as, as a model as a strong figure and, and not as a somebody that ran away from his family that tried to kill him, blah, 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 blah. blah old and well known story. And and I think that today we're not apologi- apologizing for being who we are and 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 not and not in front of LGBTQ Israelis. So if you don't if you don't wanna date me because I'm Muslim or Arab, so go and, you know. What to do with yourself?
3: I'm not gonna say it race No, 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 no. And, and I think that those are similar issues that you know people face here in the United States. Uh, you know, racism and segregation is is it's not like it, it doesn't happen in the uh, gay mecca, even San Francisco. Uh, you know, where yeah. we're having conversations about race constantly. Um, in which you know, I, I and I think that I had read. I love
2: it that you called San uh, Francisco gay mecca. I, I didn't. <laughs> I I wasn't there yet, but uh-huh. I'm planning to visit.
3: Well, you know, and and, and, uh, there are a lot more gay meccas today than there were, say, in the 60s. Um, And I can't even say that there are a huge concentration of LGBTQI that still live in San Francisco. It's changed so much, right? It's become so expensive. Um but uh, but you know I'm I'm going to take a quick break here because when we come back I want to dive into the film and and maybe since I didn't get a chance to see the film and our listeners are tuning in for the first time or hearing about your film I'd love to get you know just some some thoughts about this around the specifics of what mm-hmm. happens in the film. So stay with us. No problem. The Michelle Miao show continues right after this. Don't go away. <laughs>
1: And now back to the Michelle Meow Show.
3: Welcome back! Thanks so much for joining us here on this little Friday or Thursday, I should say, December nineteenth. I'm Michelle Meow, your host. Our guest today is Kader Abu Saif, and uh, he's got a new film called Oriented, which is directed by Jake Witzenfeld. And the the film is a uh, follows uh, Kader and his friends, who are gay Palestinians that live and work in Tel Aviv, and we're we're. Chatting about, you know, it's it's so crazy to me because if you live in a bubble, especially here in the United States, um, you know, Cotter mentioned it before. Western media absolutely feeds you all the things that you 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 don't really know, uh, and that is, you know, it's almost impossible to be Muslim and gay in the uh, in the Middle East. Um, but today we're talking about identification and complex identities, in that we do exist. And and Cotter is proof. <laughs> so Cotter, let's talk about your film Oriented. I mean, how did you get yeah. into the project? And um, and, and this is this is part of your activism too, though, right?
2: Yeah. Well, we we have a few video videos that, that we did for the uh for our community. It's like it was like speaking about like the videos talk about gays and lesbians and LGBTQ in general and the director, Jake Wittenfeld, was like, he heard about me from some friends that we have in common, and at the beginning, he wanted to do this movie about me and my boyfriend, and I was like, no, let's not do that. It's like, let's not do another film about the impossible love between the Arab Muslim guy and the Jewish guy. Come on, it's so 90s, it's so over. Mm -hmm. Like, Let's move. Let's move on. And and we. I, I said that he should make a movie about our com- identity complex inside of this place. Me and my friend, how we handle ourselves inside of this place. And then we got three stories of uh, one guy, Fadi, that is like really kept on and like really fear for his nationality, like the Palestinian nationality. And we got the story of Nahim that coming out from from the closet in like during the film and the story of me of like, like trying to change the reality that I am living with, uh, w- and, and I'm having like a, a Jewish boyfriend and like, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like a huge salad of, uh, an identity complex and fun and a lot of crying also. Hmm.
3: hmm. What kind of experiences would we expect to see? I mean, I'm looking up at the, uh, screening dates and none are in San Francisco, so I'm not... Going to have a chance to see uh, oriented, but um, yeah.
2: Um, I I think that every place that I've been with the movie when I was visiting and screening, we got so many different reactions, and there is so many people that connect to different types. Like there is people that came to me and they were like, "Oh my God, you're so uh, you moved me," and now and I start to think different about. How I I how I think or how I, I was thinking about gay Palestinians and 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 Muslims and or gay Arabs, and that is new to me and and thank you for lighting me. And there is a lot of people that came came to me and said, "Oh my God, the 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 journey that Naim doing in the film is so incredible to remind me of my journey, how I get uh, get out from the closet in front of my parents." And there is of course the story of Naim that we got like. Of Fadi, sorry, a lot of responses, even like from people from from uh, uh, Jamaica and Uganda, and they were like, "We definitely can understand him. We definitely live it like day by day." And I think that everybody uh, get attached to to other person or to other character in this movie. So I don't know. It's like I think that it's a it's a total um, emotional experience. I don't think that there is. Something that I can add—it's like everybody connects to different things.
3: What do you hope to change specifically for you know, um, I guess Palestinian life, or for Palestinians who are in you know Tel Aviv, or or I guess the relationship um, from what we don't I, know I, it, 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 involving Palestine and Israel.
2: Well, first of all, uh, I will not be a cliche and 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 be. Uh, beauty, peasant, queen, and say, like, I hope that it will be peace and we'll live quietly. I know that, sadly, I'm saying that it, it's not going to happen in, in, in my or, or our generation. We're not going to see it. I, I look at the situation right now, and I know that it, it can be a dream, but right now it's even farther than being that I can even start to to dream about it because it's so far. I know that it's, uh, there is hope, but it so far right now that I can't even see it. But for sure, I I can say that I have, like, a purpose right now. And the purpose is even that if I'm not getting the dream of peace or I'm not getting the dream of a land of the dream of a homeland, at least I will fight to my right until I will get there. I will fight to my right to the other generation we will have a base to work from. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, the the major hope that we, we have from this movie that to start something that will make you think different, to start something that will make you think, maybe I shouldn't conquer the world in one day, but maybe I should start to change my reality. And maybe my living here, uh, the, the the fact that I'm living here, should change something. And I should say to the world and to this place, to Israel, to say to them, I exist and you cannot continue ignoring my existence. So I think that my, my, my hope from the film is, to show the world and, 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 and Israel that she is not the only open-minded thing in this story. There mm-hmm. is a lot of faces and there is a lot of stories. And, and it's not just the gay parade in Tel Aviv in June
3: can I ask you, what do you think is is hardest, or I don't you know you can answer it um, any way you want. What's harder to to fight uh, uh, you know for your nationality you know from Palestine, <laughs> to fight as a gay man or to fight um, you know for gender and national equality? What's been the hardest for you? Uh,
2: i get, I got this question quite a lot. <laughs> um, I think. That I I will answer it a bit different differently. I think that I wish that I could fight like just for my sexuality. I really wish that this is for me. This is the important uh, uh, fight. I wish that I can do just that fight. Like everybody living in a in his country, I wish that I would live uh, I would live right now in Palestine and fight just over my sexuality. But I'm not that privileged. I'm privileged, but not that privileged. So I think that I don't have even like the the like the way even to think about which fight I, I will prefer to take. I don't have any other choice. I need to fight them both. It's like I need to fight for my sexuality and gender equality as a Arab Palestinian living inside of this country, and from the other side, I mm-hmm. I need to fight over my sexuality in front of my community and in front of, like, the Arab world and the Palestinian, like, you know, the Palestinian state. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's not the Palestinian state attacking me about it. But it's like, I need to change the perception that gay is something that you couldn't, you can't have.
3: There was a review that I read in which... um the writer had mentioned that, uh, you know, this film and the relationships that you have with Is- Israeli gays and other Israeli gays, that there seemed to be this sentimental perception that Israeli gays um, want to save Palestinian gays. <laughs> Does that make any sense to you?
2: Most of the movies that, 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 that like, have been done right until this point was, like, uh, and especially Israeli Israel mo- Israeli movies, there was always the the, the Palestinian was on the suffering side, and the is always the hero that will save him and be his savior. Okay, like he's like taking him out from all this mess and like building a good life, and they fall in love after two days of meeting, and like this whole crap romantic story. But it's not the reality. The reality is that. It's not that easy. And even if you fell in love with a Jewish guy and you're together and you love each other, that doesn't mean that you're going to fix the world and and he wants to be your savior. Sometimes sometimes the Palestinian guy, he's the savior of the Jewish guy because it's just like that and and there is nothing to do about it. Uh, But uh, I think that there there is not just Jewish. I think that there is a lot of Western and Jewish and European guys that think that Oh, my God, This Arab guys really need our help. It's, like, so romantic and exotic that if I will go now to Morocco or I don't know where and, like, fell in love with this guy, oh, come on, save us. Please, Mm. kill
3: And then what are your feelings or sentiments now with the, uh, you know, every... Like I I mentioned, I opened the show up with I hope people are not absorbing their daily lives listening to the news right now because it's so bad Um, and it's so racist. It's so xenophobic. It's uh, so, so many phobias all into one does that affect you at all or impact you in the work that you do or it's it, it's already hard for you um and now that the whole world is talking uh,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm i'm crying like when, when the thing in paris happened i, I, I the only thing that i heard about is like I was afraid like that something happened I have friends in Paris and I was afraid that something happened to my friends that was my first reaction and 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 then I got like I got it after that and i and, and I thought about it like my friends are also Arabs and Muslims and, and and some of them at least. And I was afraid because I said that something happened to them. And you know, I can never like I can be sensitive and it's really horrible that the thing happened there, but like like a week before it's happened the, the same thing happened in Beirut, Arab country, and nobody cares. And like that ISIS, it's happening for four years in Syria, and nobody really cares. And and now when it's 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 arrived to Europe, so, so the world woke up and like, Islamic are trying to kill us and blah blah blah. Nobody is trying to kill nobody. ISIS don't represent Islam, and I'm not and and and, and I'm not even defen- defending Islam because I'm not really religious. But ISIS don't re- represent Islam, and and ISIS doing to Muslim people for years what he it has been doing, what he just did. Do- did in Paris. Mm-hmm. So why people are so afraid from Islam? Because ISIS k- killed Islam way before he started to kill Christians. And I'm saying it like 100% sure.
3: Absolutely. Now now a couple questions for you. I, I mean, the, the movie, Oriented, is coming to the United States, by the way. Uh, I saw some uh, cities, Los Angeles, um, uh, and uh, I can... I can list some of the cities for the listeners tuning in today on our website, com. But, um, Cotter, what are your feelings about, you know, gay Americans, LGBTQ Americans, as you're fighting to exist in Tel Aviv? What did you say?
2: What was the question?
3: Yeah, the question is I, I wonder, kind of, you know, you have such a, um, a, a very unique perspective on your identity, and I'm just wondering how you feel about you know LGBTQIs in America, um, and and what might the media portray <laughs> about our lives.
2: Well, I just I just uh, I just came like I I just came back from from New York uh, um, a week ago. Almost. Yeah, a week ago, and and like I I met such a different person. In, 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 like, I was in New York, LA, and Washington in, in, in the U.S. And I think that I can just say that I really love New York, and people, there really get it. They really got the whole Palestine, uh, Tel Aviv, all Palestine-Israel situation. But I can say it for sure that when I was in LA, there was this guy that just told me, like, he was like, uh, all European guys. And I was like, I'm from the Middle East, open mm-hmm. the map. Mm. Like, it, I'm not European anyway. And it's not <laughs> that I got offended by it, but there is so much people that not re, not really knowing what's happening outside the box and LGBTQ in, 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 in the U.S., that it's, it's a huge place. And I don't blame nobody, but it's a huge place. And, and you cannot really get attached or know about what's happening in all other countries because you're living mm-hmm. in, in a country that is like bigger than my country in, in one billion times and and it's so so i guess there is cities that they are that the lgbtqs are more aware about what's happening here in them and there is it is that it's less
3: yeah <laughs> that cut. i would
2: say as an understand uh, understatement.
3: right Right. Cotter, thank you so much for your time and for sharing Oriented, the film, with us. Uh, For those of you who are tuning in, uh, Cotter Cotter and his film Oriented will be uh, screened here in the United States starting, um, I guess, some of it has already happened in New York. Uh, Los Angeles looks like it already happened Um, and uh, and then it already just happened in New York. So that means you guys are done for now and it will not come to the United States anymore, I guess. I uh, think that
2: it will come back
3: to New York. It will come back to New York. Okay, because now yeah, you're doing no a way. bunch of screenings in um, Amsterdam. Um, yeah, well, and, it, and anyway, I enjoyed talking to you, and thank you for what you do, because I think this film thank is you. very important to educate us. So good luck, and thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Don't go away. The Michelle Meow show continues. We have another important film for you that was that uh, was produced by Susan Sarandon, and it's uh, it follows the life of a trans man in rural North Carolina. Don't go away.
1: And now, back to the Michelle Miao Show.
3: Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on this little Friday or Thursday, November 19th. Um, I hope that you're all calling Thursdays now Little Friday. It's a great, you know, evening to wind down and uh, stroll into the office late. No, 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 no. I don't want to get anyone... But anyway, um, on Thursdays, we love to, you know, get you into the weekend by talking about incredible films. And uh, some of the films that we talk about actually um, affect change. And today I think we're, you know, focusing on identities and and identities that exist in places where uh, it may be complex, but it is obviously uh, impacting people's lives and the communities where, We exist. So our next guest is Halevi Lovin, who is a filmmaker, producer and photographer. Um, She's got a film out, uh, which is called Deep Run. And the film follows a transgender uh, teenager, transgender guy who uh, lives in rural North Carolina. So super, super deep, you know, conservative Bible Belt and uh, Christian. Halevi, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I, um, I saw Deep Run, and I obviously was uh, super moved. Let's start with the fact that this was produced by Susan Sarandon. How did Susan Sarandon, uh, you know, get involved in the project? And I think there was a recent article um, that someone was passing around that people didn't really know that Susan actually produced this film.
5: We just got we just got some coverage um, in the Advocate online, which is, Really exciting, yeah. But um, my my incredibly hardworking producers, um, are Samara Levenstein and Chris Talbot, and Chris Chris Talbot and I have been collaborating for a, on different creative projects for about twenty years, and he also has been collaborating and working with Susan. So um, he brought her he brought her onto this film, and she has watched scenes and rough cuts. And um, came came on as we were finishing up, um, helped us raise a lot of finishing funds, and um, was really she's really dedicated to LGBT rights, and and has um, spoken really beautifully about trans representation um, recently with about her own film. Um, she has a fiction film about Ray. And then also um, speaking about our film, she just introduced our film at Doc NYC in New York City, which was uh, a treat.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this film specifically because it focuses on so many complex identities of people who are not just LGBT and also, it's a different narrative than what the mainstream media is talking about when it comes to trans lives. Like this film follows Baz, who transitions, um, who's now Cole. And, uh, you know, he lives in a very hard rural North Carolina town. And he never gives up or, he, you know, it's like this, this struggle, this fight with religion. But you see that um, you see how religion really, really impacts one's life, Right yeah you, you, you mean, mean
5: in in rural communities and actually the particularly southern rural communities yeah. but i i have to say i mean i'm a, i'm a born and bred new yorker but i i do i do think that um trans people and queer people you know there's definitely stories in queens and deep in brooklyn about people um struggling with conservative um, churches but mm-hmm. but his his you know he's really it's a different kind of isolation um, if you're in mm-hmm. deep and rural North Carolina,
3: definitely. I think I meant as in, you know— Oftentimes we hear the stories of queer people rejecting their religion or their church because they don't feel like they belong. But in this film specifically, I mean, in the relationships, Cole and and his girlfriend, it was so important for him to find a church or for both of them to find a church that accepted them. It's like they they still wanted to maintain their relationship with God. And I think for a lot of people, um, they think that, you know, queer people are not uh, of faith. Uh, I thought that the film did such an incredible job of, of, you know, Thing true to to Cole.
5: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, in in this small community, it's churches are often just kind of the center, kind of the the heart of of um, where people congregate, and so it was it was really important to them to try and fit in. Um, but I also I also think it's a generational thing with Cole. I, when I first met him he was so strong in his faith but also so strong in in just being sure of who he was um, and being sure of being a child of God even in this even in this culture um, that was full of many people who were condemning him um, and that that was that was really really striking um, for a young person to be strong in those multiple ways
3: and um, mm-hmm right right and in the other the other side of it it was you know now that um there's this big big discussion about uh you know we should be much more mindful of the various intersections of lgbtq life and so we see cole struggle with not just his transition and 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 not just with his relationship but and not even just you know his place in the church but also just to live uh to to have enough money to pay for rent and to maintain a job. uh, That was just all so, so real. Uh, How did that impact you as, you know, as the director of this film? And I think it was uh, your, I know you do work with LGBT, um, but I think it was like your first film that actually, you know, that you were working on that was LGBT related.
5: Yeah, it's my first, it's my first feature. It's my first full length film. Yeah. And and it, and it's the first, it's the first um, LGBT focused, story
3: um, so can you re- can you repeat your question again yeah, I just thought, you know, because there's so many, you you got so many, yeah, you got so many out of this film, right, you, uh, of Cole's life that it wasn't just about, you know, religion and and, and his struggle transitioning even to, to be himself, but also all of that, you know, that we don't mm-hmm. like to talk about, which is that it's so hard for us to find and maintain a job, pay for a rent. How did that, all of that impact you uh, in, in working on this film?
5: Um I guess those are all. They are all really important issues to me. That the economic challenges, um, and um, I originally was doing research on communities of faith in the millennial generation. So then I, I met Cole, and, and he was so striking that I, I focused in just on his intimate story. Um, but it, it was. It just became very important to to have these multiple layers and I, and I also hope that um, it might provide various places where viewers can enter the story I mean I, I was trying to make a portrait that um, that many different kinds of people could find some part of that would resonate with their lives um, and, and also and, and just to, and just to show how complex how complex, we all are, um, and and so I was I was hoping that um, this would it would be a really warm and rich portrait, and that it could reach diverse audiences and and let people kind of come into Cole's world and understand understand his particularities and um, you know maybe understand I I don't think if there's any way that this. Small story, you know, reflects trans experience in general, but but just that um, it could um, just just bring a really rich portrait to, to viewers who might not have um, seen that kind of story.
3: Absolutely, I, definitely, I, I mean that's that's the major point of the film that I love so much. It's so honest and it's true, and and I think for a lot of conservative towns or even uh, religious communities. Uh, you know, you look at you look at trans people or LGBTQI people as if they're like an anomaly, like it doesn't happen or they're different or they're so, you know, but um, this film and in, in, in how the just how you you shot it and the, and uh, the the people who are involved in it, um, it really gave an honest account. Uh, and it, it, it was like, did you ever feel like you were, you know, like you should you should stop? shooting or something, if it, if you ever felt like people didn't want you there?
5: You mean people of faith or people, or Cole, or, or...
3: No, 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 definitely not Cole. I know he wanted to complete the project, but, like, yeah, people there. I mean, I know that you had to, you know, you went into the the churches and, and following Cole and him trying to have a place in the church, and I, and I know that there was one scene in which they didn't even, I mean... It took them a while to even see that you know Cole was part of the LGBTQI community.
5: Yeah, uh, people people were very welcoming. I mean, not not everybody was very welcoming. Yeah, but but I have to say, I mean, I spent a very I spent a long time in that community. I I first went down there in two thousand seven and was um so I mean I would only go down periodically. I'm I'm always based in New York, but I shot. From 2007 to 2013, so I I really um, made a lot of strong bonds in that community, and I also I mean, you know, people didn't know everything about me and all my political. Not everybody knew everything about me and my political mm. views, but um, I I have formed some very strong relationships, and, and I do think that I encountered. A lot of people on on kind of a continuum of questioning conservative values or just or just assessing where they were with their faith and their values um, and and that was ho- hopefully that comes out in the film as well that there are people who were just coming into this conversation um about gender and sexuality and more conservative, you know, American culture, and and they're they're struggling, and they're they're looking they're looking um, at their lives and their yeah. beliefs, and and I and I hope that that comes across because I was very I was very I was I was surprised by many of the things that I experienced there, and and Cole also overthrew a lot of my preconceptions about you know somebody who had faith and and a queer kid, and so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, so hopefully, hopefully, some of that subtlety or complexity to kind of just how we can be American came through.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Hello, mm-hmm. we're going to take a, a, a break right now, but when we come back, I'd love to continue our discussion and kind um, of you know hear about some of the um, responses since the film has been released. Is that okay? Sure, sure, sure. We've just been at Doc
5: NYC, but that sounds great. Okay,
3: great. The Michelle Meow Show continues after this. Don't go
4: away.
1: Ted Olson and David Boies came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington healthcare reform to transgender rights from immigration to gay owned businesses it's all at the commonwealth club and that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year with new programming nearly every single day Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face to face with today's thought leaders. And now back to the Michelle Miao Show.
3: back. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. Our guest today is filmmaker Halevi Lovin, who's the director of Deep Run, a film produced by Susan Sarandon, Chris Talbot. And uh, they. Uh, it's, a, it's a film that touches on or follows Cole, a transgender man who transitions in rural North Carolina, a super conservative uh, area or community. Halevi, I know that you guys have done a lot of um, different festivals, and I actually had the honor of seeing the film during Frameline when it was here in San Francisco. Um, what's been the response?
5: Frameline was was maybe the most emotionally thrilling <laughs> thrilling response. We had Cole, Cole arrive that morning. We weren't sure if Cole was going to get there for the Q&A. Um, but that was just a, an incredibly warm Community celebration um, response, and it was it was really exciting. I mean, Cole has visited me a, a multiple times in New York City, and I've introduced him to a lot of people here. Um, but there was a sense of um, community and welcoming um, that was really wonderful. And and he did a long Q and A with the audience, um, and then we were walking. We were walking around San Francisco. It was um, you know it was Pride weekend. And then people were coming up to Cole and just saying, I love your story. Thank you so much for sharing it. And that, that was just the big, that was a huge, huge reward um, for me to have that moment, um, to, to have recognition and, and see the conversations happening um, and have Cole, you know, have, have kind yeah. of a interaction and see how people were reacting to his story. Um,
3: yeah, as I was watching the film, you know, it's like uh, you really felt like t- his really small bubble and you felt you felt him lonely a lot of the times and so worried. And here I am thinking, you know, he's such a hero. He's so courageous and he probably has like tons of fans now, you know, after the, fi- the, the movie because he's able to um, tell his story. Do you think that uh, the film has also made an impact to you know the very conservative religious people uh and if you've gotten responses from those who were shown in the film
5: we haven't we haven't gone to north carolina yet we we will and it's it's really important to me to to get to smaller conservative communities mm-hmm. um and to and to get to you know the, the area the area that uh we shot in but we haven't we haven't gone there we've been going around the film festivals um and we haven't been in a very conservative community yet, I have to say. But I, but I look. I mean, I, I totally. You know, I have, I have some trepidation, but I, but I totally look forward to that, and I feel like that's, that's really, really important. Um, I, I have. I mean, we had a screening in um, Woodstock, which is not, you know, not a, Woodstock, New York is not a particularly conservative community. But but I did have people come up after the screening and say, you know, I never. I've never um, felt like I understood what the transgender experience is. I feel like I'm beginning to, I feel like I'm beginning to understand, um, you know, through this story. I feel like I'm beginning to understand. So. Um, right.
3: Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it's it's all been a part of the the education in which, you know, we've advanced people's um, understanding of trans issues and trans lives. Um, I I I know that uh, a reporter had asked Susan Sarandon about the you know Jenner versus like a you know our movie here, Deep Run. And obviously, you can't compare the two experiences, or uh, you can't. <laughs> it's just on two different planets. But where's yeah. where's Cole now, and kind of like his feelings or thoughts maybe around you know the progress that we've made in telling stories about transgender life.
5: Um. He was just—he was just with us at Doc NYC. He was able to come up for a night, and and we did have some audience questions about about this issue. And he—I mean—he feels—he feels you know thankful that there are the Caitlyn Jenner stories, but clearly it's so it's it's so far removed from being trans in a, in a rural community without any resources um, in a very poor community. So. Um, I mean, he's he's conscious that, that we're bringing a, a kind of important diversity to the conversation, definitely.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so happy and thankful that you were involved in this film and everyone, it just seems like a special, you know, interesting way of people coming together to tell this very important story. Um, what's up next for you? Do you have any uh, new projects that you're working on?
5: Um, I am researching developing a couple of things I kind of want to get into um race and sexuality and and those questions so nothing nothing I can uh
3: talk about, about, yet. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, <laughs> talk about yet but uh, but I'm excited and um, no you know, I, yeah. I, I, yeah.
3: That seems like some pretty important stuff, especially right now. Well, Halevi, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. And thank you for talking about Deep Run. And again, thanks to your entire team for bringing us Deep Run. Thank you so much. It was such a treat to talk to you. For more, for more information, head to deeprunfilm.com to see if, uh, you know, there's going to be a screening in your neighborhood or maybe you want to host a screening or something. You want to help out, uh, get this film everywhere. I think it's a, it's a really special film. Uh, that that takes us to the end of the program. Wow, what a great show! Uh, super, you know, excited again. I had the chance to watch Deep Run. I'm sad I didn't get to see, uh, you know, Oriented before I did the interview. Uh, usually ask for press, you know, screenings of these things, but we didn't get a chance to do that. Two very important topics. So you can tell by these films when we do them, it's not just for its artistic value, but the messages that we have to send and cementing our identities that it's not just about being black or being white or being gay or being straight. Uh, I hate that, you know, sometimes people think that if you're gay, that's all you are. <laughs> Like, like, I can't, I don't have, you know, experiences of being anything else. Like, I can't be a woman because I'm a lesbian. I can't be Asian because I'm a lesbian or, you know, and and uh, they all they see is lesbian Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get that, Fong? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, Not really, but I guess in certain spaces, it kind of depends, like, what, people see me as and of course the race or being Asian comes first and then the queer identity and then everything else comes second so I kind of understand Yeah, yeah. Well, I I guess I'm saying that, you know, people tend to box you in politically or tend Uh, to box you in economically or culturally because of your sexual orientation and gender identity. And that's been, like, the biggest argument. And films like this, like, show you, because you have to actually see it, mm -hmm. you know, the context of how complex it can be, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you take away from, you know, people's lived experiences. And it just goes back to that woman who wrote me the, the email after Walmart, and being misgendered by the CEO in like totally not, you know, understanding what it's like to be a nonconforming lesbian and be uncomfortable in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Because then, you know, for her, all she sees, uh, you know, is that uh, it's it's like all she sees is her own experiences as a woman going in looking one way. Mm. Um, but she really didn't see that for me, it's a step further than just being different than male, female, mm-hmm. you know, cause it goes male, female, and then, you know, sexual orientation, gender identity, and why we all need to have a bigger discussion about it. Yeah. Ugh that was just a really short way of talking about something way more important that we'll continue to do here again like i i hope you're not immersing yourselves in the media right now because it's all negative bad news and bad news as in not just like hey i have horrible news for you but bad as in uh, ugh, like it it's just not news like you mean a lot of people putting their thoughts and opinions and a lot of it's like, you know, the media does this, right? It's like the trending topic can be pizza. Any angle about pizza, they'll take. You know, <laughs> how much does pizza cost these days? You know, where's the best pizza today? Is pizza good for you? And and so now that the trending topic is terrorism, every major news network, even the credible ones, are mm. trying to find so many different ways of discussing it, that that uh, it's become bad news. Uh, so hopefully, if you're tuning in today, you've enjoyed the interviews. We've, you know, we we touched a little bit about terrorism, but it was in a way where we can be positive. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with John Zipper of the Commonwealth Club and his week-to-week political talk. And uh, for everything else, you can head to michelmeau.com. Good night.